This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He's trained all week. Um, he's only had a few sessions though, uh, but he seems in good nick and seems fit enough. So uh, he's certainly put himself up for, for selection, which is a good thing for everybody. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. This is David Michael. That is Chris Bird. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to Something for the Weekend Easter special. As we uh, get up to speed for uh, Villa's return after the international break. How are you, Mr. Bird? Are you uh, rule of six in? I've I, I found that I, I haven't got six friends anymore to rule of six. Uh, they've all, I've lost them all in the pandemic. I'm still going out as a rule of one. I prefer my own company, frankly. <laughs> this is why we do the podcast, just to talk to each other. What a, what a sorry state of affairs. Right, in uh, something for the weekend, this is uh, just a short and sharp podcast to uh, catch up on the week's events. Uh, if you want to listen to the main show uh, since, uh, well, we haven't played since it's, so it is episode one full one for the full My Arm and Said podcast experience. So don't be judging it on this show because it's only a quick uh, 15 minutes or so. Right. Anyway, uh, on something for the weekend, this is the second show. We are bringing it to you after uh, Dean Smith's presser for the Fulham game. So uh, we'll be catching up on all the fallout from the international break, which it's all been pretty positive uh, on a Villa front anyway. But uh, to get all the context of what's been happening in uh, the Villa week, here is that week in a Villa minute. Three, two, one. Give me that minute. A week full of training for Jack Grealish is the headline of the Villa week. Courtney Hawes is back too, while Wesley continues to get his match fitness back with the under-23s in the Baz and Wes striking duo. Bertrand Traore scores for Burkina Faso and Trezeguet was also in action for Egypt in the African Cup of Nations qualifiers. Both finished top of their qualifying groups. Watkins and Mings both sit on the bench for England against Albania and Poland as England begin their Qatar World Cup campaign with a hat-trick of wins. After McGinn did something earlier in the international break that Dean Smith says he's never seen him do before, 
an overhead kick, the Scotsman scores another two goals for Scotland, albeit against the Faroe Islands, proving he's really Villa's secret weapon if he's played in the right position. Mealy Yedinak returns from the jungle to look after lone players alongside new emerging talents, Adam Henshaw, who joins after being head of talent identification at... Doncaster. Smith states we're now pretty much at full strength with even big man back very soon Wesley for the final 10 games so one question remains can British's return inspire yet another 10 game winning streak okay de new or okay de no okay the hard no okay hopefully right Dean Smith uh, very happy in the press conference to obviously uh, have Grealish back in the fold uh, he seemed to he, I think in that interview he did the the day before, he uh, suggested they knew that Fulham was the game most likely. You know, you obviously factor in the buffer of the international break to. Uh, it's, it's like a, it's a bit of insurance, isn't it, that a player will be uh, properly fit. Well, it, buy, it buys you time, doesn't it? Yeah, but the initial reaction was, oh, yeah, I'll be back in two weeks. So, uh, you know, it's just an example of uh, the white lies that uh, football clubs. Uh, tell just to uh, keep the opposition on tender hooks more than anything else really isn't it mm-hmm. and that's it thank you very much for listening <laughs> uh, the only other thing in terms of in- injuries uh, Courtney Horse is back in full time training I-, I would imagine because he didn't he's not in he wasn't in the lineup in the under 23s game against Wolves that he possibly will be on the bench for the Fulham game uh, you would think so he-, he kind of had his stint didn't he over the Christmas period where he came back into the team and did pretty well and then was unlucky to, to drop out I think he was one of the lads who was hit a little bit harder by COVID, wasn't he? And then he got the injury, so he'll be sort of wanting to make up for lost time. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about in, in terms of fitness, because uh, he did play in mm-hmm. that game uh, behind closed doors, and the fact that he's not playing in the under-23s game uh, yeah. suggests that he's, pr- he's probably on the bench. He would probably displace Taylor, because he, he gives you that left-back and centre-back coverage, so he's a bit more of a useful uh, squad member in that respect. I would say so. If uh, I mean, there's maybe room on the bench for Taylor. I don't know if we have uh, that strength and depth just yet, but uh, if you're doing like for like, it would probably be for Taylor. Uh, I think the main, uh, probably the main celebration at Bodymore was Ollie Watkins uh, coming back, having scoring because it's it's almost like he's gone up another level, even though it's probably cost Villa uh, a few uh, a few quid in the add-ons department to uh, Brentford. It's that's one thing uh, in in terms of confidence. I think it's a big thing for Ollie Watkins because he's now in the Villa team as an England international. So hopefully. Uh, with Grealish coming back, which helps him out big time as well, we should see him uh, spark into life. I mean, the likes of uh, Grealish and Watkins, I, th- I still think they have to uh, perform in these last 10 games. I mean, Watkins especially, I think he'll need a few goals to get in that England team. You know, he'll have to do above, above, above par to get yeah, in the England yeah. team. Well, I, st- I think still think Grealish needs to do, uh, to prove that he's a match winner. And, you know, we'll get onto that in a sec. To really cement his place uh, rather than just being, you know, there because, you know, he does some fancy things. Uh, you know, we're talking about tournament football. So uh, if he's getting Villa over the line in some of these remaining games and proving to be the difference, then uh, that's going to help him big time in terms of that final squad selection for England. Yeah, I think I think he'll make the squad for England. Whether or not he starts or not, he's kind of open to debate. Some people sort of demand he has to start. I think there's, there's probably a place for him, but it's how Southgate wants to play. Watkins, on the other hand, I think he's had an opportunity. They've had a look at him. They like the look of him. It's whether or not he, you know, once they they whittle it down and they get him, you know, he can become a member of the squad that he thinks we really need to take him with us to this tournament at the moment. I think yeah. he just wants to have a look at him and it's a bit of a 50-50 for Watkins. So in terms of looking at Fulham, I think the good news is uh, Watkins and Mings 
they got that you know they got that bit of action against San Marino and then they sat out the uh, next two games when you compare it to McGinn well where Scotland were working him like a cart horse like 270 all- minutes plus stoppage <laughs> time of action across all three games does that already put in an inbuilt excuse for McGinn oh you know he's tired because of those like, we, we can't we can't carry passengers so uh, if he starts he's got to be there Although I would say with McGinn that potentially you could make the argument that he might have played himself into some form. He seems to have been a player with Villa traditionally that, that you get him up to speed by him playing games and he's kind yeah. of not been playing particularly well of late in the Villa shirt. It was actually he saved his best form recently for Scotland. So hopefully he's got to come coming back, you know, confident, full of beans and thinking, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm playing well here. Yeah, I think I think you you bang on there in terms of giving him that spark back, and uh, it's you know it's perfect timing, and you know adrenaline and uh, confidence does uh, compensate a lot for fatigue and can keep it at the door in some. And it just respects. gives him a bit of momentum, doesn't it? Which is actually something that Villa have lacked for a while, but you know a. a, a a fit McGinn with match sharpness and a bit of momentum and confidence, etc., can only be a good thing. Yeah, I don't know about the uh, the travelling uh, logistics of Trezeguet and uh, Traore, whether that will uh, play into the hands of uh, El Ghazi getting the nod in terms of starting at least. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, that we'll, yeah. we'll we'll have to uh, see on that. Uh, uh, anything else from the uh, international break? I think the main head, the headline was North Macedonia, who, who only just came into... Well, they changed their name, didn't they? I think like two years ago to North Macedonia. Because when England have played them, it's always been Macedonia. But that win against Germany was... Uh, they, they actually had some reasonably decent results in the last 10 years. They were, they were starting to become, let's say, a, uh, a three out of five kind of uh, level team mm-hmm. on, on their day. So uh, that was a great result against Germany winning... Uh, 2-1 away. Yeah, there. I think it showed as well. You could see that there were a few quite big teams who had a little bit of a stumble, as you often get early in the qualifying rounds. And yeah. I think other teams are just, they're just not quite at their best yet. But, you know, come tournament football, I'm sure you'll see the usual the usual faces. Yeah, I think England uh, did well to dig out that win against Poland, actually, uh, even though Poland were out uh, without Lewandowski. Uh, the knives were getting sharpened at 1-1 they for were. Southgate and Stones. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I quite like <laughs> Stones. I think it can only be a good thing for England moving forward that Stones has got his form back. Yeah, but he, well, he pulled it out of the bag. Moving on, oh, just one more shout-out to uh, the USA beating Northern Ireland. And didn't the Republic of Ireland lose to, uh, who was it they lost to? Luxembourg. Yeah, Luxembourg. we got nothing against <laughs> we got nothing against the Republic of Ireland. We're just mentioning that Northern Ireland because of Phil Shaw, obviously. Although Stephen Davis got his 126th cap, didn't he? So he's a record yeah. holder now. GB record holder well for sure. Uh, going into this uh, Fulham game, uh, just quickly, while we're not really a preview show, we we just go over some uh, the big the big facts. I mean, in terms of 2021, Villa and Fulham have the same points, uh, 15 points. Villa have played one less game. But it is quite interesting when you do look at the uh, the form in 2020 because, uh, I mean, take, for example, uh, the defence. Uh, Fulham have they've conceded 15 goals in that time. So they're conceding like one a game. And Villa have actually conceded more in less games uh, with 16. So Fulham's defence is actually better than Villa in terms of goals conceded in 2021. And that's the one thing that we've kind of prided ourselves on that is still going right because uh, it's, you know, it's pretty much on par to what we were doing in late 2020 as well. So the defence hasn't gone south like the uh, you know our, our forwards have done. You start to get worried about how exciting this game's going to be because Fulham's also got the third lowest amount of goals scored in 10. Villa are only one better off with 11. 
And uh, in those 15 games Fulham have played this uh, year, there's been six draws. So you can already read into why Fulham have started to recover. It's just because they're a lot more solid now defensively, which was how we got out of uh, jail last season. So I think it's time for Mr... Uh, this is a game that... Grealish, I think it's going to be a tight game. And uh, Grealish could be the difference here if he turns up. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think Fulham are obviously... They've got a little bit of momentum, haven't they? Or certainly have. I think the international break probably came at a good time for us as we were on the downward. They were on the yeah. on an upward curve, and you, it might have lost a little bit of their momentum. Who knows? Certainly, the the pundits see see it as being a tight game. Yeah, in terms of Grealish cementing his place in the England setup, uh, the, these are the kind of games. If he's yeah. the man that gets us over the line, because it will be tight, then that's where that's the kind of player that uh, an international boss kind of wants. But you know, more importantly. Uh, you know, we need to start kind of winning games again because the key thing is we've got to end this season looking like a team going in the right direction because you've got players you want to keep, you've got players you want to attract and you've got to keep the improvement going forward rather than, uh, oh, are we now into uh, a period where we just consolidate, you know, our position in the league? Because I, d- I don't believe in that. I think uh, the way we are set up with the owners we have, it's all about improvement improvement it's you know it's like compound interest it's improvement upon a pr- improvement i think so smith sort of said in his in his pre-match didn't he that he set the pl- he's given the players a target that has been set and now they know what they're working towards now we don't know what that target is but you know he's been quick to shut down the talk of europe but they're probably thinking well where could we realistically in terms of positions or points finish um you know and it keeps as you've said a few times you want to keep the season alive keep you know, allow yourself to have something to play for going into the last couple of games. You never know then. You know, if you're within touching distance, say, of seventh and you could have an outside chance of sneaking into Europe, it would be, it would make for a amazing end to the season. Whereas the bare minimum, I think, is you want to finish at least where you are now and consolidate being a top 10 side. Yeah, well, I, I think it's all it's also about performances, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is the key, the key thing. Because, you know, if the season stopped now and we start a new season... I'm sorry, but we are not starting that season as the team that finished 2020 when we were, you know, sexy no, football, all. very good. Because, you know, the, the recent evidence is 2021. So we, we will be carrying on that. And that's uh, that's the danger here. It doesn't really matter where we finish. It's about performances. And because uh, if you're suddenly playing and, uh, you know, creating chances, dominating games, and it's just there's just a couple of missing things that you need. I don't know, maybe you need another finisher or whatever, then you can buy that and then fix that in the, in the summer window and, and off you go with uh, confidence that, uh, yep, I think we've addressed the problem. But at the moment, we've got wholesale problems in terms of the midfield mix going forward and uh, obviously being clinical. So uh, that's what we're hoping for here. I mean, my concern about the Fulham game is Fulham have only got eight games left. So that focuses their minds totally because uh, they're fighting relegation. So they're going to have that extra bit of, uh, let's say, desire for this game. And that makes it difficult because if we are that team that's just happy to float out the season there in mid-table, then we become uh, prime a prime game for the likes of Fulham to try to get three points from. Well, traditionally, if you're struggling in the bottom three, the, the games you want at the end of the season are the mid-table teams with nothing to play for. Yeah. As we found with you know Palace, for example, and Everton last year. Well, and Arsenal to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, we, we got uh, a nice slate of teams actually in mid-table uh, last season with nothing really to play for. Yeah. I mean, that is a problem with the Premier League, though, uh, because of the uh, imbalance of the status quo and the top four are normally the top four. Maybe there's a fifth team that's got a chance of scraping in at the end. And the relegation battle uh, doesn't really extend across many teams nowadays. So there is a lot of mid-table teams with nothing to play for. So it is hard to uh, keep it 
going. Uh, Mitrovic for Fulham uh, managed to break the uh, Serbian all-time scorer tally, which uh, was was you know, it's pretty good considering his age as well. So he'll probably be fired up for this game, and always gives them a shout. I think well, he's a good finish. He's a good finisher. He's kind of the opposite of Keenan Davis. When you remember when he I was talking to him, streak. <laughs> he's got that nasty streak. He's got that. Uh, I don't know that desire that that in his personality, which I think is the difference between uh, Keenan Davis being you know a real striker at this level because you know he's got attributes. Keenan Davis, I just think it's the mentality. Uh, and Mitrovic is kind of the opposite end of that spectrum, and he's he always gives you a tough game. Right? Anything else to uh, add to this uh, before we uh, disappear? Well, hopefully we can get uh, you know our second wind and enjoy the last you know few weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, people have noticed uh, the last time Grealish came back from a, a let's, let's call it a long-term, long-term, mid-term injury, not as long as last time, but it's uh, certainly over a month, was uh, when we were, uh, the season was over, wasn't it? We were written oh, it was it written off. it off. But no, I mean, even the club had, uh, I mean, I actually told the club uh, that it, because we were meant to have a fan consultation group meeting, I remember, and I think because uh, we had we were having one after that West Brom game, and uh, they were putting in the date in the diary to speak to Perslow at the end of the season and uh, they put a date in before the end of the season and I said whoa 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 I said you know we still don't know where we finished yet and you know the club rep there said well come on it's unlikely we're going you know we're not getting promoted or anything so and I said no but you should have a meeting with Perslow knowing what division we're in because it's a different conversation if we're promoted we're having a different conversation to if we're still in the bloody same old league and the mom's boys got it right. Well, I mean, I was just saying, you know, just let's just side on the uh, air of caution because I thought we, we'd fucked it up. But, uh, oh, you, you know, while it's still mathematically possible. So, hey, here we are again. Grealish comes back. There's 10 games to play. The fixture list's a bit harder. I mean, instead of Rotherham, you've got Manchester City. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where uh, reputations are earned. So, they who are. knows? Watkins scores a goal a game in the last 10 games. Grealish inspires wins and uh, we fly into Europe and they're uh, starting for England. Who knows what could happen? Right, let's leave before we get even more delirious. Next week, uh, the uh, Something for the Weekend will uh, be on the Friday before a 3pm kickoff against Liverpool, which, uh, when's the last time that ever happened? Well, it shows how both teams have... Uh, how the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Oh God, <laughs> three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, that's... It's like the dregs, isn't it, that nobody wants to watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God, it's, not, it's definitely not a top-of-the-table clash anymore, like it was at the start of the season. It's a shame we can't go to that, because I'd love to go to Villa-Liverpool 3pm on a Saturday. I mean, I did quite enjoy the last Sunday at 7-1, though, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, no, there is. No. It's a good, good way to uh, finish one week and start the other. Don't forget to listen to the uh, the main show, episode 141, and uh, the next episode will be coming to you early next week after the Fulham game. So uh, please do subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And also, uh, if you want to follow us on the designated Twitter address, it's at said. My personal one is at said. So there is a difference. There is two accounts. And also you can join the Mad Few Facebook group as well, which is uh, dedicated uh, to listeners of this show. So uh, check out the uh, link on the show notes for that as well. Right. Until next week, thank you very much for listening. And it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.